1: And 98.1 FM. Wow. Andrew, the year is almost over. What's happened? It flew by. What, yeah. 20, no, about to be 2024? Come on, man. Wow. I don't even know if I can count that high. 2021, 2022, what's next? 20, uh, you got me. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, a hard <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So every week we have the show. We've been going on since 2017 was when we started. We had a pilot in December 2016. So this is like what? Almost seven years. Seven years of shows every week. Wow. That's a lot. Thank you. Yay. And. Each week we try to talk to people about business, either bring in a CEO of a company, some new business idea, or somebody just trying to teach you something about, hey, the latest craze, Facebook advertising, TikTok, how to become an influencer, SEO, and not not necessarily you have to be an internet company. There are plenty of companies out there. I ran a ramen noodle company, uh, Albany Farms, whatever. They actually produce ramen. So, I mean, it's not just... For that, but we do each week try to teach people something about business. And the show is Ask Brian, but nobody, nobody really understands, at least if you're first time viewers, they don't understand why it's called Ask Brian and they don't understand why it's, there's an E in Ask Brian. But we have a resident expert, also the co host, Tracy. <laughs> She's going to try to help us out. Tracy, you think you can is help it, us out here? I mean, is th- it? Is it just really sick that I just
0: like get giddy when you call me a resident expert, even though I'm a <laughs> resident expert of ease? What does that even mean, right? But I just I just I feel so good about that. Well, title, nobody, el- nobody else. Nobody else.
1: I- I'm not going to ask Andrew. Andrew, <laughs> do you know those? That's uh, Tracy. She's the expert. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the ease.
0: <laughs> exactly. Experts. So that is a perfect way to kick it off, except for I prefer to kick things off with how. Absolutely phenomenal, our engineer is. And because we couldn't even have this show. Yay! We couldn't even have this show if it wasn't for our engineer. And, you know, while we miss Jennifer, who is very much enjoying her vacation, the rest of us here are working today and she's on vacay. So you know it's even more special, Andrew, that you're here with us. So thank you. More thank you, thank
1: you. That kind of means he just got stuck and was the last man out, right? <laughs> Damn, I am I here today. I that vacation. I couldn't get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're. It's all about that management title, right? He's on that total pole, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of blessings, our other E is. All about the experts and this show, we have had like, you know, you were just saying seven years now going into eight years, right? Like we have had so many amazing experts, people that have run million dollar companies, multi-million com- dollar companies and even higher. And they share their expertise with us and really help the entrepreneurs out there that are listening and um, really being able to help shortcut their learning curve because based on that mathematical formula, Peter, man, it takes a lot to be an expert. You've got to invest at least 10,000 hours. And that's calculated roughly by working 40 hours or so a week over the course of 50 weeks, which would take you like five years. But you know, we scratch that math anyway and say, "Eh, it's probably closer to three if you're a startup because you're not working 40 hours. And if you are, you're not starting up very quick. And that requires a lot of empathy on behalf of entrepreneurs because you got to empathize with all of us out there just grinding every single What's, day, what right? Em-
1: what is empathy?
0: You know, I thought you'd never ask because I <laughs> didn't think you ever knew. <laughs> and I'm Who not going
1: Who empathizes I'm with not even, others? What? Who empathizes with others? This is business. Yeah. Business is a cutthroat I, business. You can't be, oh, let's give a trophy to the winners and the losers.
0: Okay. No one said anything about trophies, and that's not even an e word. So whatever. Um, whatever. And whatever's not valley? either. But you're a valley girl. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, like, really, let's get some more e's out there. Like, how about you and your enthusiasm for empathy? How about that?
1: <laughs> and that's why I am so excited. No.
0: Oh, every week I forget to turn down the volume. <laughs>
1: That's why you have a problem with your ears, which also begins with a knee.
0: Yes, yes, I do have a problem with my ears. Yes, they're ringing, actually, and they ring Maybe every tinnitus. week about this time. I think you
1: should <laughs> check your doctor for tinnitus if your ears are ringing.
0: Oh my gosh, I don't know if insurance will cover it. I think actually this could be considered disability, and we need to look into that. Andrew, can you look that up for me? That's another benefit of that management title you got. I'm on it. <laughs> All um, right, well, I know that we have multiple other E's and energetic is one of them. And I'm really energetic about wrapping up this phenomenal year that we've had together, Peter, and really look forward to more amazing episodes in 2024. That was a stretch. But yeah, so the show wouldn't be the show unless you team me up for my most favorite
1: E. But before we do that, because some people haven't listened to the show, our show, we try to educate
0: educate yes.
1: yes We're all about educating and mostly entrepreneurs but not everyone's an entrepreneur but we do try to educate entrepreneurs double e's okay and then this is tracy's favorite and she likes that movie grease lightning and she remembers that scene where they say grease lightning is electric Electrifying, and woo! electrifying,
0: yes, yes, yes. crowd noise, crowd noise, crowd noise, woo, electrifying, yes, my favorite E,
1: yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, why didn't you introduce the guest today, Tracy?
0: Oh, I would be more than happy to introduce the guest today. So our guest today is an expert in all, well, most things legal.
1: (laughs) Some things illegal.
0: Some things (laughs) illegal, but we won't talk about those. No, Peter, I'm excited that you're our guest today because from what I understand, you're going to bring forth your lawyer expertise and help us break down and get insight on some of these new laws that are going into effect next week that can really impact business owners. And if you haven't been paying attention to your business owner and you're a business owner in California, especially, and you haven't been paying attention, you better like straighten up and Sit up and tune in and tune out everything else, because this is going to be a really important show today, all about the new laws going into effect and how they can impact you and your potentially your bottom line.
1: So thank you, Tracy. So the first thing we're going to discuss, we're not going to go into the law right now, but I do want everybody to understand there's a new, new law called the Corporate Transparency Act that's going to affect every single business owner. And I'm going to repeat that. Every single business owner, that, re- that means anyone that owns a limited liability company, they own a corporation, any business owner is going to be required to file with FinCEN, that's the financial center Part division of the IRS, certain provisions, including the owners of the corporation. But before we get into that specifically and item by item and go through a thorough analysis, there are some laws That we want to go over first. And then we're going to go over and spend the rest of the show on this act, which is very, very important. And so I know everyone's going to be listening and waiting for that part to come on. But first, I want to go over some of these other laws that people are not aware of. Most of these laws that we're going to go over are California based. So if you're not in California, it may not apply to you, but certainly would if you're doing business in California, which is the majority of our our audience. So the first thing is. People are unaware of this. And I'm going to ask, try to quiz people. So, Tracy, what do you think the minimum wage is, not in California, but in the United States? Actually, you know what? I'm going to direct it to Andrew. Andrew, what do you <laughs> think?
0: Andrew probably knows better than I do.
1: <laughs> but I doubt he does because he's thinking California. What yeah. do you think is the minimum wage in the United States? Not, yeah, I am thinking about California. So I'll go lower and I'll say 16. Not even close, not even in the ballpark. Not okay. even in not even as a Japanese player on the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is the minimum wage is less than ten dollars an hour. Some states have it as low as eight, nine dollars an hour, seven dollars an hour. Okay? That's the minimum wage. Now there are twenty five states that have higher minimum wages, obviously states like California and New York. So one thing is in the state of California, the minimum wage on January first will be Andrew, $20? 16. 16? Really? Oh, it's going to be eventually going up to $20. Well, year by year. Currently, it's $15.50 and it'll be $16 beginning on January 1st. However, as all lawyers do and how we love the e exceptions. So in California, there'll be exceptions. One of the first exceptions will be if you're involved in the healthcare, if you're a healthcare worker. Healthcare workers The minimum wage is going to be $23 an hour. Wow, that's a lot of money. You know, 40 times 23, can you do the math? That's $920 a week. That's a lot of money. All right, now, the other group of people in the state of California beginning an increase, that increase is not gonna happen until April 1st. Anyone who's in the fast food business, if you own a McDonald's, if you're in the fast food industry, and they don't specifically define what fast food is, your minimum wage beginning April 1st, 2024, will be $20 an hour. You're going to make $800 a week if you work at McDonald's, scrubbing the floor. Wow. That's pretty incredible, especially when you could be in another state and be getting, you know, 300 bucks a week as minimum wage. You can make more than two and a half times, 266% times people in another state. That's pretty incredible. Andrew, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Do people have to get paid for sick leave if you're an employer? Let's go with yes. 50-50 shot. Well, in actuality, okay, California is a state that does, but there is no requirement to pay for sick leave. There is no requirement. However, California, okay, California, if you're working 40 hours a week and five days after the 200 calendar days, you will be getting Five days of sick leave that the employer is going to have to pay, and we're going to take it out of Tracy's salary on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we all know Tracy makes a lot, lots of money.
0: I'm bringing down the big bucks over here,
1: absolutely. And then, but
0: now I'm now it's going to be cutting into my pay. So I'm going to. I think I'm just going to have to get sick more often.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go over some things that are non-business related because some of these things kind of surprised me. So first of all, in California, beginning January 1st, if you are renting a house or renting an apartment to somebody, the security deposit is going to be equal to 100% of one month's rent. In other words, you're not going to be able to say, hey, listen, I want to collect, you know, your rent is $2,000. I need a $4,000 security deposit. You won't be able to do that. There's a limitation. Now, there are certain exceptions, but for mom and pop, that type of business, but you are not going to be able to collect a security deposit more than 100% of one month's rent. That's a new law taking effect January 1st. There's other things also in the rental area, one of which is credit history. You cannot use a person's credit history to accept or deny somebody for rent. So all those companies out there that were asking, hey, I need your credit report or your information, we're going to do a credit check. Well, you can do that, but under California law, it prohibits the use of a person's credit history as part of the application process for rental housing. That's a new law taking effect January first.
0: Wait, I need clarification. So you can ask them for their credit report or, or you no ask. longer can ask
1: them for you their can credit no report. Longer. It says it prohibits the use of a person's credit history as part of the application process for renting housing accommodations. Can you may. help
0: me understand why that should be illegal when people need to be able to know whether or not they can pay the
1: rent? Well, that's a good question. I would guess, and you know, I'm not the legislature. I didn't pass these laws. I'm just reporting the news. Like, uh, what's that guy Ness Ness from uh, WKRP? Yeah, okay, Yeah, he was very. He had a lot of character. That guy. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, Andrew, do you have that? Or you don't have that? Oh, he doesn't have that. All right. Well, we'll have to do it. So, my belief is that it's to allow poor people or people that have bad credit history the opportunity to rent. And so, I believe that this is a progressive approach whereby they're trying to say, listen, just because you are bad credit doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to rent an apartment. So, what if you have that 450 credit score? Tracy, I'm sorry I told everybody what your score is, but, you know, Tracy? Oh, uh, no.
0: I'm taking <laughs> thanks to that because I have excellent credit. I've always had excellent credit. And it's one of my tips to people that I mentor, don't mess up your credit.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I guess there are people that are poorer people. Maybe they're not making a lot of money and they, they're having trouble with their bills. And so their credit score is really, really low. They fall bankruptcy. Something happens. Now they can't rent. So I think that's why it's being passed to help them be able to get into an apartment so they're not on the street and homeless. That would be my guess. What do you think, Andrew? It's a good guess, bad guess, medium guess. All right. Good guess. Good guess. All right. All right. All right. No clapping. <laughs> That's time for, we only have three more minutes before the break, and we need to at least start, start with the, can I get a drum roll? Now, that's a drum roll. Dang. It is a drum roll. And this is for the new Corporate Transparency Act, which requires anybody that owns a limited liability company or a corporation from being required to disclose the ownership of that entity. What does that mean? So if you have a corporation now, you do not have to list who the shareholders are. Nobody needs to know. If you have a limited liability company, nobody needs to know. But now, on the Corporate Transparency Act that was passed by Congress, every single state. So whether or not you're in Bangor, Maine, or Austin, Texas, or Helena, Montana, doesn't matter where you are. You're going to have to respond and comply with the Corporate Transparency Act. That act will take effect on January 1st, 2024, in the United States. Now, it'll apply first to new, new entities. So if you apply for a new entity like an LLC or a corporation beginning January 1st, 2024, or thereafter, you'll be required to follow through and provide this information. As to existing entities, entities, corporations, LLCs, that were formed prior to December 31st, 2023, they are giving you a one-year grace. So that means not until January 1st, 2025, will you have to report the ownership of your entity. But you will have to report it. Now, there's a lot of issues coming. First of all, this is going to the FinCEN department of the favorite governmental society for America, the IRS. Everybody loves the Internal Revenue Service, right? Mm. Eh. Where's the butt? No beep? No bzzz? <laughs> right, exactly. Nobody likes oh
0: my God, that sounds like a foghorn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think the IRS sometimes isn't a fog. Now that does, Now I'm probably going to get audited. I probably shouldn't have said that.
0: Yeah, right? That was you actually, said, well, Andrew please, said that.
1: Please. All right, so some additional laws that Californians are going to have to deal with, one of which, which is Tracy's favorite, bicycle signals. <laughs> yeah, Now, do you put your hand out when you're making a right turn? I put my right hand out. Look, well, you can't see it on the screen. If you see it on the screen, you can see my right hand is straight out. That's how you make a right turn. That's a bicycle signal. But the new law that was passed, that's taking effect January 1st, requires bicyclists to obey bicycle signals whenever an official traffic control signal exhibiting different colored bicycle symbols is shown concurrently with official traffic control signals. What this means is that you can get a ticket and you'll be stopped by the police if you're not following the rules of the road.
0: So, cyclists are now a priority over criminals for citation.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You know, gotcha. All righty then. It's definitely more important to get a, a, a bicyclist than a, than a murderer or a rapist. Yes. That's okay. But now, my question is what if you're a rapist, murderer, and you're on a bicycle?
0: Oh man, that is a triple whammy
1: (laughs) Andrew's giving
0: me all sorts of signals You better use those signals, buddy He's going,
1: going, the signals he's giving me is Let's go to the next topic Okay (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one Speed cameras Do you know what a speed camera is, Trace?
0: Unfortunately, yes I do know what a speed camera is I also know what it's like to get a speeding ticket in the mail
1: Wow. I knew about cameras stopping you on a red light, but I didn't know that they actually have speed cameras. And that's what they're studying uh, in certain cities.
0: Well, yeah, I guess my ticket I got in the mail was not for speeding, but, you know, just put it in the pile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you had a great picture. Hi, hi, hi. As you're going through the light, red light. Anyway. Uh, the
0: worst is when it's your car, but someone else is driving it. That's happened to me, too, and that is not fun. And it's, and it's Is that checks, your story? You ticket. Is that your story you're sticking to it? it, This is a true story. (laughs) Then it's your ex who's driving your car, but by the time the ticket shows up... Well, this was a while ago. But it was your ex driving your car, but by the time the ticket shows up in your mailbox, it's your ex, not your current. And so then you're just, like, really in a bad situation. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wow, wow.
0: Yeah, I know. I digress. That was not business-related, but, you know.
1: (laughs) So we're going to go over two more, and then we're going to get back into this. So there are two... (laughs) big ones here. One is campsite reservations. Now, if you make... That's right. You have to make a reservation. You can't just go camping. If you want to make a reservation, hey, I want to be in uh, Carlsbad Park or Yosemite or uh, Morro Bay or any park in California, you have to make a reservation. You have to pay for that. You have to make a reservation. (sighs) But now, now if you cancel within six days, just like a hotel... They're going to take the first night as a cancellation fee. It's just like the hotels. You know, you you make a six-day reservation. You don't show up. They charge you one day. Well, now California is going to do that. Ah. And another thing on campsites in California, the top five campsites are going to go to a lottery system. That's not going to take effect immediately. It's going to be done over the next year, but they're going to go to a lottery system. What does that mean? You want to go to Yosemite? doesn't matter if you book it three years in advance, you're going to have to go through that lottery and get your campsite. Wow. Wow. But here's the biggest, biggest one. And I'm sure everyone is really, really concerned. If you go to a store that has over 500 employees, that's the Walmarts, the Targets, the Costco's, any, any big, probably shopping, probably a supermarket. And if they're selling toys and they have boys' toys and girls' toys section they are now going to be required can i get a drum roll now do not attack me on this one because i'm not exactly in favor of it but oh well you must have a gender neutral section if you have a boys' section and a girls' section for toys this one boggles my mind and my question is so you go to the department store and they have boys' clothing, and girls' clothing. Are they now going to have to have gender-neutral clothing? I would think so. And Stay
0: I'm, tuned for the 2025 episode
1: for that one. Well, it may take us a year to, for me to get over this, but yes. All right. <laughs> and I have no... I do not want to discriminate against any group, and I don't believe there should be any problems, but requiring a store to do something like that, to me, is kind of, kind of far away out. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, he doesn't want to get in controversy. He's so, he's so, you are gender neutral. <laughs> he does not want to take sides. But I know who will come into this conversation and will pick its decision. Tracy, you're on.
0: But I just don't, I, I just feel like things between these types of things should not be political things. That's the way I feel about it. I just, I don't feel like businesses are businesses and, and these other issues are personal issues and I just, don't think that businesses should be required to have laws imposed on them in regards to personal issues. That's how. That's how I feel.
1: But do you think the government can regulate a business and tell them what they have to do?
0: I mean, I think that we have to have regulations to keep things streamlined. But I think that the amount of regulations in the state of California have gone too far.
1: Okay. All right. So now we're going to get a little bit more into the Corporate Transparency Act. Now this is. The monitoring group for the Corporate Transparency Act is the Internal Revenue Service. That is Andrew's favorite organization. He loves them. In fact, he asked if he could give more money because they're not collecting enough. And within that division of the IRS, there is a Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. They call it FINCEN, F-I-N-C-E-N. That is the division where all of these reports are going to be made by beneficial owners. Now, the first question we're going to have to ask is, what is a beneficial owner? And the Act is going to define that. And the Act is going to define a beneficial owner. This is for a limited liability company or a corporation or any other entity that has to register with the Secretary of State in your state. Uh, And this is federal, so it doesn't just apply to California. It applies everywhere. Beneficial owners are people That are in control. Now, one definition is a 25% owner. So if you do own 25% of stock and you're not even involved in the company, you're going to have to report. Now, when you do report, there are forms, but they haven't been created yet. And you're going to have a 30-day deadline to file with your organization. All right. First of all, I want to explain a couple of things. This new Corporate Transparency Act is brand new. And obviously, new people that are incorporating after January 1st are going to have to deal with this. A lot of people may be all the way to wait a year, but it's very important. Why? It's being done for anti laundering and anti terrorism issues. The government wants to know who the owners of these entities are, so you can't hide behind somebody or create a scheme where people are transferring monies in and out. And so that's why they want to know who the owners are of each entity. Now, this information. It's going to go to Andrew's favorite group, the IRS, and the IRS will be capturing all this information. Some of this information that you're going to be required to give, for instance, the entity itself, so the corporation or the LLC, you're going to have to give a street address. You can no longer use the UPS store address or some address, you know, where, where you may, may or may not be located or, or some type of box. It actually has to be a physical street address is going to have to be reported. That's required on on the corporation. There's a couple of other requirements. For instance, the person that is going to be the beneficial owner, which we're going to get into in a second, that beneficial owner is going to have to provide documentation. Some of this documentation, if you're a beneficial owner and you are required to report, will be your date of birth. You're going to have to list your date of birth when you file. Another document you will have to file will be a government entity, something like a passport, or a driver's license, or an identity card, one of those three. Now, and it has to be an unexpired passport or an unexpired driver's license or some type of identity card in the state that you're located in. You can't just sit there and say, oh, I got a credit card, or "Or I'm just reporting some information. You're going to have to actually report that. Well, my biggest concern here is that there's a lot of information that the IRS is getting in, in addition. Now, they're going to have your date of birth. They're going to have your passport number or your driver's license number and and with all this information any hacker can get into that system wow wow talk about identity theft that that's mm. a huge one right that's going to be tremendous so while they're trying to protect people here the reality is it could be really really bad if some of this information gets out now people are asking what is a beneficial owner okay so i'm going to go strictly into the act and a beneficial owner is Okay, a anyone who exercises substantial control over the entity. So it's not solely owning 25% of the company. If you are the CEO of the company, or even a COO, Chief Operating Officer, you've got enough control over that entity. You are going to have to disclose. And what are you going to have to disclose? Your date of birth, your street address where you live, and a copy of your passport or driver's license, or identity, and a couple of other documents. That's all going to have to be reported. So there's a lot of information you're going to have to gather, and everybody's going to know, at the IRS at least, who the owners of the entity are. Tracy, you were going to tell people how people can listen to this podcast later on.
0: Yes, because in all seriousness, we may have been making light of some of these new laws, but there are also really important ramifications and consequences if you're not going to be adhering to them. And so I really want everyone to know that you have access to this episode to go back and review at the podcast. And that also includes the show notes where these new laws will be highlighted. And this is really important as you start and grow and scale your business. So make sure you search out, download the Ask Brian podcast. That's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, Ask Brian podcast. And so you can refer back to this and do some checks and balances for yourself on what uh, these apply to you directly and how to implement them into your business.
1: And you asked me another question. I can't remember what it was.
0: You know, well, I, know. I was asking... Under the assumption we were talking about just California, but you were saying this transparency law is a federal law so that if you have a business that's based out of Florida, but you have that you're doing business in any state, you still have to file this transparency.
1: So the law applies to all 50 states. So in any state, doesn't matter if you're in Florida, New Hampshire, Hawaii, all 50 states are required to file this report. It has nothing to do with being in California. That's one part. Yeah. If you have a foreign corporation, but you're doing business in the United States, you also are going to be required to file a report. So it's not just, I mean, this is worldwide. This is part of the global concept here of anti money laundering. You know, the Pablo Escobar's, you know, the people that are involved in illegal activities, not Pablo Escobar, though other people are going to, cartels, I guess, right? They're going to have to report if they're doing business in, in the United States. And it's kind of a way to track a lot of information, some of which I don't want to get into political discussions here, but a lot of people are going to be affected. Now, one of the things that is very, very important that we were discussing on the break and that Andrew is so happy that he's going to agree to take care of it. But if you don't report, okay, or if you do report, but it's, Wrong information. Okay. The penalty, there's a civil penalty of $500 per day. So if you just said, I'm not going to do it, government can't tell me what to do and what not to do. I'm not going to report, even though I own 85% of KHCS. Okay. And you don't report it and you willfully violate that and don't do it. You will be penalized $500 per day. That means in one year of waiting, That's $182,000, okay? Well, I
0: think we should tell people where to go to file this paperwork then so they can make sure they don't have this problem.
1: Well, and then on top of that, it also can be considered criminal for not reporting this information. Now, again, this is through the IRS, Andrew's favorite group, and where are you going to go? So, type in FinCEN, F-I-N-C-E-N, okay? Okay? And go to Google, and you can do that. We're going to do that right now. And I'm going to get you the information right now as we speak. Type in FinSin; it'll tell you where it is. It'll be at the FinSin.gov. Now, some of the forms are still being worked upon. There's been information telling us that it might be 90-day time limit for the first time. But after they get their act together... And get organized. It's going to be a 30 day requirement that you're going to have to file these reports. But I think I've been told by some people, some insiders, that they're probably going to give you 90 days in the beginning. Uh, if you have a business that's existing before December 31st, 2023, you're okay. You've got another year to do this. But you're also going to have to have it filed by an applicant. So you can file it yourself or you can have the applicant. The applicant will be the incorporator. Now, Just to let you know, LegalZoom is not deemed to be an applicant. LegalZoom is not an incorporator. They're using your information to incorporate, so they're not required. Then you've got lawyers that will be have to file these forms for you. They don't have to. You can have an accountant or you can again do it yourself. But there is information that is required of both the applicant, the person filing the form, in addition to the actual beneficial owners of the entity. There's a lot more information. But Andrew's giving me these weird weird signals, and I guess the show is over. So until two (laughs) thousand twenty-four, da 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 Ask Brian Radio Show KHS twelve twenty ninety eight point one FM da 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 Over and Out